First up is broadcast campaign of qualified support for the BBC as it gears up for charter renewal later this year. This week, the great and the good of the UK production sector have thrown their weight behind the cause as some of the industry bids to ensure that Auntie receives a fair licence fee deal and that charter renewal is transparent and open. Uh, Supporters include all three media, Fremantle, Avalon and loads more besides. In fact, 50 in total. Uh, Chris, why is Broadcast doing this? Uh, Because we felt that somebody needed to, really. The BBC is in a precarious situation I would say going into the license fee and negotiations and and charter renewal it has many many vocal detractors and it has in our mind a lot of much quieter supporters what broadcast is trying to do is be a forum for the industry um, and we've started off with the the production community and there'll be other parts of the industry coming through but be a forum for the industry to share its experiences, uh, debate the the pros and cons of the BBC, but fundamentally um, offer uh, a message of, of support which tells the government, the new culture secretary, Ofcom, anyone who's, who's, who's interested really, that the strength of the BBC, its value to the wider British economy, creative industries and sort of cultural life is vast and that if you undermine the BBC during licence fee negotiations or charter renewal, then there will be repercussions that you might not fully have thought through. And I guess we're sort of emphasising the word qualified to some extent, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, look, yeah. we, broadcast is, we, we want to, you know, we are independent, we value that independence, and I'd be lying if I said that uh, we weren't slightly concerned that people might look at this and think, well, we've, you know, jumped into bed with the, the BBC. But it's a qualified support. There are plenty of people, we've got pieces this week written by John Thoday and Jimmy Marvel who are, going hammer and tongs to try and um, reverse the, the BBC Three decision at the moment. But they're still in a position to um, uh, express their support for the broader BBC, you know, its purposes, what it does, and, and, and that it should be well well funded. And it's perfectly possible, in my mind, to have a broad position of support as well as be a forum for debate about strategy um, that the BBC's um, going down. A critical friend, if you like. A critical friend, yeah. The BBC's favourite kind. (laughs) Stephen, you're a producer. I'm a producer. Come on, give us your honest take on this. Well, I mean, it's it's about time, basically. Somebody (laughs) needed to stand up and say... You're too kind. Well, it's true that somebody needed to stand up and say, you know, stop pissing around, stop beating up the BBC. Every day there are anti-BBC stories, which are spurious rubbish. There was one in the mail yesterday, did you see it? There was one about Kim Schillinglaw yesterday, which is complete nonsense. Oh, really? I missed that one. Oh, that's today's uh, Mail Online. And it's just, it's saying that she commissioned a show that her husband was an exec on. It's like, who cares? You know, this is not FIFA. You know, BBC is not FIFA. The BBC is like the NHS, you know. They're, They're attacking it when it should be saved, it should be supported. It's a huge lumbering beast and it needs a bit of help, but it needs our support. You know, what it does is it keeps the TV world going. It's the, you know, it's the centre of the TV world. And it doesn't really matter what, you know, whether people uh, disagree with it or whatever, but you should support it. This is the thing about the BBC. It's it's more good than bad. It's always more good than bad, vastly more good than bad. You know what I mean? It's like there's very little you can you can do to slag the BBC off other than say sometimes it's a bit too big or cumbersome or whatever. But the, what it what it's achieving is it phenomenal? And if and if you lost that, we would be bereft. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's coming through quite early on in the campaign is um, uh, the independent production community 
uh, flagging up the it, the BBC's relative global standing and the fact that their peers who operate in other countries around the world look on with envy at the at the BBC. Um, and there's a kind of sense that um, it's perverse how much of a hard time the BBC gets in the UK when the rest of the world um, holds it in such high esteem. Yeah, I mean, it is right that the BBC is held, held to account, though, isn't it? I mean, the words in our pledge are transparent, accountable, and efficient. The BBC gets its knickers in a twist all the time. It, it, you know, it does. It finds itself in a situation where it wastes 100 million pounds on DMI, or it's offering huge, huge payoffs and massive pension pots um, to long-standing staff. It's not as though these things are, are, you know, to be excused or to be overlooked. They absolutely need, you know, as an organisation, needs to be held held to account. But um, Stephen's point is a good one. Vastly more good than bad. And I think that there, you know, if you think about the success of the indie sector um, since the terms of trade and since 03, a good proportion of that is down to the BBC. You could perfectly well argue that actually that it's the BBC, um, the quality of output on the BBC is the thing that um, puts pressure and helps raise the bar for ITV, for Channel 4. I mean, Sky's moving to original content. They're starting to spend all, the, all, all that money. They're, they're doing it in part because they, they want to be seen to be competing with the corporation, that their content can stand shoulder to shoulder. And, and that in itself is a testament to the BBC. Uh, so we've started with producers this week. Tell us a little bit about how the campaign will evolve from here. Yeah, so we're going to move through over a period of, of weeks. Production communities sort of had this said this week, and we're hoping to follow that up. You know, we're hoping more people, more organisations, more companies will come on board over the next few days and express their their views. Um, next week, we're going to have a look at craft um, and particularly um, uh, sort of writers, directors, um, named individuals, people who are responsible for making uh, great television um, and uh, hear their thoughts on the, the corporation. Then we're going to move through, we're going to look at news and journalism um, and we're going to look at um, different organisations. We're going to look, um, uh, move through uh, ultimately to some on-screen talent as well. We, we you know, we hope um, actors, presenters, pundits, experts um, for them to have their view because uh, fundamentally we believe there is this great, untapped sort of reservoir of latent support for the BBC and what broadcast is trying to do is not whip this up it's not it's not become a cheerleader for the BBC it's simply bring it together in one place and and, and show it off really and say to the powers that be anyone put anyone who cares to listen look th- there's all this strength of feeling and you should take it into account you going to sign up Stephen I'm there found a member Good. Pledging my life. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't lay my life down for Channel 4, not not the moment, or ITV, but the BBC, yeah, I'm there. Different matter. Okay. Well, it's, you know, it's, the BBC's like the NHS. You've got to support it. It's part of what we are. It is the foundation of everything else. It's, it's as simple as that. Fantastic. Well, look, you can read our pledge uh, online. Uh, and if you want to sign up, head to broadcastnow.co.uk forward slash backing the BBC. Uh, there's also a section on there called Sign the Pledge, uh, where you can put your name to our statement of support and uh, have your own say as well. Moving on, also in the news this week, uh, we'll stick with the BBC briefly. Never mind the Buzzcocks being axed. Poor old Buzzcocks. <laughs> Farewell. I've, I've heard mixed things on this. Well, it's, Some people I mean, saying it's out of its misery, others... It's, it is a bit. Yeah. It, the last series was, was a little bit um, underperforming. I mean, under par, really, I suppose. It was okay, but it felt a bit like a retread of the kind of glory years. And 
that kind of fine line tonally between abuse and amusement, uh, you know, which which uh, Simon Amstel did so well and Mark Lamar didn't really, <laughs> um, started to get a little bit fuzzy again. And, and Rod Gilbert, I don't think he did himself any favours because he didn't really shine in it. He always felt, it always felt a bit like, oh, I wish Simon Amstel was back. You know what I mean? And when a show starts to sort of sag, then, you know, put it out of its misery, absolutely. Yeah, it's given us some great moments though, hasn't it? It sent. We were, we've been reminiscing in the office. We've been reminiscing in the office. Yeah. Um, I was forced to pop onto YouTube when I should have been doing some more productive work <laughs> to watch Preston oh, yeah. uh, from the Ordinary Boys storm out because Simon Amstel. Well, I, I mean, I had a bit of sympathy for Preston given that um, his wife was being absolutely ripped by Simon Amstel. But, that, you know, that, as Stephen said, the tone of it. And it has been a great, great panel show over the years. It, is its time up? Probably you can make a good case. I wonder if they've got anything as good or anything better mm. to, I mean, to, to come well, through. They're saying it more, shouldn't. More yeah, but it shouldn't be seen as oh, it's you know this is it's, it's failed. It's run for twenty eight years. Yeah. Uh, twenty eight years. Sorry, twenty eight <laughs> series. There you go. Poison slip. Twenty eight series is is a triumph. You know, what I mean, it's, it is a legendary program. Huge, we can all huge, talk huge about success. the moments it changed uh, the the kind of relationship with pop and uh, mm-hmm. on TV and. And it's, and we we now live in a post Buzzcocks world. You know what I mean? Things like the return of TFI next week or whenever it comes out is is very much. They all have taken that tone, or they'll play with that tone. So no, it's absolutely right. You know, it's it, it's had its day. Bring on the next one. Bring on the next stuff. You know, the, the, this is the awful thing about telly. You've got to kill your babies to get the next lot on. It's like you, there's only so many slots, and and you know there is a bit of a, a bit. It's what's next? What's what's new? What's coming next? Hopefully not another panel show though. Well, no, exactly. I mean, you know, I think we're probably a bit, a little bit panel fatigue. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a bit of a eight out of ten does countdown uh, sort of fan, and I still think that if you get it right and get the chemistry right, uh, it can be brilliant. I'm less keen on the kind of, um, you know, slightly humorous parlor game kind of uh, t- a part of the, the the panel show side of things. But I don't know, you know. Let's see. Let's see if someone's got a great idea to reinvigorate yeah, the genre. Okay. Please, that's all. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on to Sky briefly, uh, which this week launched a European arts commissioning and production hub in Milan. Chris, tell us about this a little bit. Uh, so this is an example of uh, what Sky can now do, given it's the enlarged company. So Sky Italia, Sky Deutschland, um, and what we call, used to call B-Sky B, you know, all together in one place called Sky. It's now a vast, vast organisation with tens of millions of customers across, across the continent and they're trying to flex their their muscles a little bit and we've seen um already in the uk they've they've merged sky arts one and sky arts two they're trying to give that a bit more oomph um and they're trying through this hub to um create content which really cuts through that has scale and ambition you know it's exactly it's it's sky's template for for content really which is not to do lots and lots of things that are pretty good it's to do a handful of things that really make make some noise um and big opportunities you know more money out there for people to come up with great ambition it's open to third parties indies can 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 pitch to to win the money to use the facility to make programming um we shall see whether they can come up with a kind of i don't know a pan-European South Bank show or something that really has has access to the biggest and, and best talent. What do you make of this? Euro pudding or something that's quite exciting? Not sure. I mean, I like the the, the ambition of it, but the, 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 you know, the problem with uh, pan-European anything is the cultural sensibilities start to kind of uh, float away. Um, Sky Arts has got quite a nice 
a strong identity. You know, I don't know what Italian-infused anything will will help with that. If it if if the if the if the Milan hub is going to be for events, which are sort of pan-European in in by definition, then fine. But a documentary series that will appeal to Germans, Italians, and the English, ooh, I mean that's a bit scary. And I don't know. This I think that's going to be the challenge. I mean. You know, I, I'm all I'm all for more business. I'm all for more open doors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And we should be a bit more pan-European in Britain, which we're not. Um, but I remember working at MTV years ago, twenty odd years ago, when there was one when we were a global MTV, mm-hmm. and of course they ended up by splitting it all back up and making it MTV UK, MTV Germany, MTV whatever, because there were different sensibilities, and you can't just speak to Europe. You know, we're not one person, so there will be a, sort of an artistic challenge here. But it does sound good. It sounds interesting. The more, you know, the more the merrier, really. But it's let's see. Let's wait and see. And just finally, quickly on Sky, Chris, um, Gary Davey talking in broadcast this week, saying that they're going to now buy US drama, uh, general entertainment uh, as, a, as a group, as a European group now, aren't they? Which is reasonably interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly going to try to. I mean, there's always been a resistance, I think, from the US studios. And it's the same with sports rights holders as well people if you own something you want to kind of sell it in as many distinct territories as you can to maximize the money that you can you can take for that product those days are start that's starting to be chipped away a little bit you know netflix coming in and operating in so many different territories shows kind of direction of travel i think that it's a perfectly sensible thing for sky to do uh, and i think probably the studios will 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 sort of come round to it more buying power you know, yeah. and, and, and if Sky needs that. <laughs> it, well, I mean, you're right. Sky's a huge operation already, but 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 scale, you know, is that one of the buzzwords at the moment, isn't it? For 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 everything, and um, every time the Premier League auction comes around, there's the rumor: oh, YouTube is going to bid, or Google's going to kind of bid, and we are surely, I would think, in the, in the next few years, going to get into that kind of world, and that's where I think if you really want to secure the highest end content, you do need to be a big boy with um, very deep pockets. And they might be looking at Muppets, which you're very excited about. So maybe bring, that maybe that will be on Sky One soon. Bring on the Muppets. <laughs> bring on the Muppets. Okay, that's your news for this episode. Thanks to Chris and Stephen. <laughs>